From Outside's Healthy Living Group, this is HLG's Talk Healthy Today podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Davis. Hi, it's Lisa Davis. Please don't skip this very important announcement. I will keep it brief. Talk Healthy Today is ending in the next two months or so. So you can come back, check the shows. But the good news is you can get all the same great content and even more at Health Power. Now, Health Power was formerly Naturally Savvy. Now it is called Health Power, and there are over a thousand episodes. So please go now or go when it's convenient, but don't forget, go where you get your podcasts, go find Health Power and hit subscribe. I really hope you'll come with me. I love this audience. I've heard from so many of you. I love what I've been doing here, and I'm going to just continue all this great work over at Health Power. Also, if you want more information, go to lisadavismph.com. Okay, thanks so much. Can't wait to see you over at Health Power. Today, we're going to talk about veganism, vegan bodybuilding, myths, and so much more with Giacomo Marchese. He is a co-founder of veganproteins.com and also co-founded plantbuilt.com, a nonprofit organization of strength-based athletes who compete together to raise awareness for veganism and money for rescued animals at farm sanctuaries. Giacomo has been vegan for over 10 years and involved with fitness for over 20 years in many different areas. He coaches others and actively competes in bodybuilding and powerlifting. Giacomo, welcome. Thanks so much for having me on your show, Lisa. It's a pleasure to be here. First of all, I'd love to know your story. When did you become a vegan? Well, I became vegan back in 2004, and it took me about two years to fully transition. And I was into health as a teenager because I wanted to make the sports team and have more confidence, feel like I could get through being bullied in school and become more athletic. You know, typical reasons also why teenagers look to take better care of themselves and become more physically fit and active. And then I was led down the path to veganism when someone who was close to me had a heart attack. And then they were just so thankful that Western medicine said, you're okay, just go back home and we'll patch up again if something happens. And long story short, I was like, that can't be the answer. There has to be a way to live life and into old age and actually feel healthy and have lots of energy. And so that's what led me down the path of uh, focusing on my health and then eventually embracing veganism on the whole. Now, what was that transition like for you? You said it took two years. What kind of walk us through those two years in terms of were there certain foods that were hard to give up or it just was getting used to new foods? Give us more info. That's a really good question. Back then, there was not much information readily accessible. The internet was a thing, but you had to really scour it to find the kind of info you were looking for. And I didn't feel confident bodybuilding without whey protein. It was a main source of protein for me at the time. And I came across Mike Maller's website, an accomplished kettlebell sport athlete really knowledgeable guy. And he was talking about pea protein having the same amino acid profile. So I was like, you know what? I'm still scared because even though the amino acid profile is virtually the same, it's a change and change can be hard. But I made the switch and my performance continued to improve. My recovery got better. And as far as actual foods to give up, I didn't have too much of a hard time with that, Lisa. I justified it as like, well, I'm doing this for health, not for enjoying food. But in all reality, like I definitely went without for a little while. I was eating tofu and tempeh, and I did not know how to prepare it. Oh, boy. mm -hmm. And that was back in the early 2000s. Nowadays, there there are so many options, it's ridiculous. 
Yeah, there really is. I know. I mean, you can make tofu taste amazing, but if you just had to eat it plain all the time, that would be rough. Talk to us a little bit about being an athlete. And you mentioned when you were in high school, you wanted to get more in shape. Well, I feel like for me, I'm doing this for something that has more purpose than what I get out of it personally. It's for a reason greater than myself. And I liken this to the idea of when someone wins a big competition or does something really great, they chalk it up to their faith in God, for example. I'm not a religious person. However, I do believe in compassion for all living creatures and beings. And to me, I am doing this for that reason. So it it makes it so that even when I don't feel like I can keep training, I'm not motivated or I don't have a reason to do something that is arguably selfish. I feel like I can be, I can lead by example and show others what the human body is truly capable of when you lead with a compassionate approach. Do you feel like being a vegan allowed you to get even stronger and in better shape than if you had continued eating the way you had? The mindset thing is big. As far as my health is concerned, to answer your question, yes, I do think that veganism has helped. And here's why. It keeps me in the game longer. I plant-based foods have all the nutrients so you wind up having a more of you wind up having more of an anti-inflammatory effect in your system when you eat healthier the other thing is that your body can manufacture all the dietary cholesterol it needs on its own right and foods that are not plant-based contain dietary cholesterol some people cannot metabolize it well due to genetics some people can but sooner or later it's going to catch up to you you can only metabolize so much cholesterol that you get in from animal products so i feel like I live without the fear that one day I'm going to be taken out of the game with heart complications. And I think that pushes me to train harder. And the anti-inflammatory thing is what I feel gives me the competitive edge now because I'm recovering faster and I have more energy for my workouts. And I'm still getting in the amount of protein that I need and I'm still eating a balanced diet, meaning I'm you know getting in a nice healthy mix of plant-based foods, giving me healthy carbohydrates, fats, and protein. Oh, that's great. Well, to walk us through like your daily meals, breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, just to give people some ideas. Sure. I honestly am a pretty simple person, but I enjoy fun recipes. For me personally, I start my day usually with oats, fruit, and a protein shake. Then I train, come back home, have vegetables, a grain, and uh, that's usually, usually just a protein shake if I'm if I got to get back to my desk fast, but preferably like a nice plant-based meat, like seitan or anything else you can get at the store these days, like a chicken or meat that's plant-based. Then I'll usually have a snack later on in the day. And that's usually a piece of fruit or a couple pieces of fruit. And then for dinner, it'll be very similar to my post-workout meal. And yeah, something like that. I'll try to toss in something like avocado. I like throwing in toppings like hemp seeds or chia seeds to my oats or to my grains. But sometimes when I have more uh, time available or if I'm just in the mood, I'll go out to eat and there'll be options that way or we'll make something at home that's fun. Like we have lots of good recipes on our site, for example, or for free out there on YouTube. But to give you like some ideas, you know, you can, the thing I like about plant-based foods, you can make them on your own. You don't have to worry about someone, uh, animal agriculture producing the food for you. You can control all the variables. You know, you can make your own meats, you can make your own cheeses, um, anything you, you can buy or make, you can make vegan, which is pretty cool. 
Yeah, it really is. You know, I was looking at some of your recipes, which look amazing. Uh, meaty seitan saute uh, or saute with peanut sauce. I get this for my daughter. Uh, I get this seitan that is chipotle or something. Like it already has the seasonings in it, but it's really pure. It doesn't have any like artificial crap or anything. And it's so nice, but it's nice if you get plain seitan and then you can like do different things with it. I mean, you've got a, a portobello autumn stew. You've got an easy vegan pumpkin mousse. This is going away from the seitan, obviously. <laughs> this looks really good. Vegan pumpkin mac and cheese. Because that is something that would be fun. I haven't had mac and cheese in forever. And I like you also use that bonza pasta, which I think is really good, you know, with the um, garbanzo beans. And this one calls for cashews. I have a question. For people who have nut sensitivities, is it, it seems tougher. Like I have nut sensitivities and if I could eat nuts, I'd be like so excited. There's so many things I can make. I feel like I'm missing out on so many things. What do you say to someone who wants to be a vegan, but they can't have nuts? It seems like there's a lot of recipes, maybe not a lot, but I think one of the, some of the more fun ones like might be not accessible for them. You can experiment with sunflower seeds as a base, as opposed to nuts. Yes, it does change some of your options, but I liken it to when I switch from eating a standard American diet, but more of a healthy kind and predominantly eating Italian food because that was what I grew up with and that's where I would go out to eat to, oh, crap, I'm vegan now. What do I do? And I now I have all kinds of, I mean, I'll go out to Ethiopian, Indian, Mexican. I'll make these kinds of foods at home, for example. You when you when Rather than thinking of the, these as limitations, um, or modifications. Think of how creative you can get and how much more what you can do to experiment with making food on your own or finding out what else is out there that's available to you food-wise. Yeah, that's true. I do have to say, though, the cashews are amazing for like a creamy consistency. And they're in this recipe with almond milk, pumpkin, cinnamon, allspice, nutmeg, cayenne pepper. Oh my gosh, this must be amazing. Is this like so good? It's pretty tasty. Oh my gosh. What are some of your favorite recipes? Some of my favorite recipes, we have a beef and broccoli recipe that I feel is like just as good as anything you'd get at a restaurant. Really? Cool. Mm-hmm. Now, what do you use for the beef? Is it the um, beyond meat kind of thing or something else? Oh no, we make it from scratch. Tell us about that process. That sounds so interesting. Yeah, it's it's just, it's seitan. It's just seitan flavored up to have the same texture and taste that is trying uh, beef and broccoli. Yeah. Wow. And for people who are like, wait, I keep hearing them saying this word. What the heck is seitan? (laughs) Wheat meat. Tell us how you make it. Well, you just take vital wheat gluten and you mix it with vegetable broth and then you throw different seasonings in. So if you want it to taste like chicken, you can get an all poultry seasoning, for example. Uh, People liken the taste and the texture of meat and they think about, well, I, I need to get chicken from a chicken. But in reality, the meat is pretty bland. It's how you flavor it. So I think the same holds true for plant-based foods. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, I'm looking at more uh, tempeh pad thai with broccoli and corn. Ooh, tempeh rubens. That looks really good. You've got Moroccan chickpeas, vegan tuna salad. It uses garbanzo beans. Yes. Because it sounds like with your schedule, you pretty much just, you know, I'm having grains and vegetables. I'm having oats. I'm having fruit. Are there special occasions that you would gravitate towards these recipes? Well, I have to sort of zoom out and think a little bit outside the box here because right now I'm training for a competition. So oh my gosh, I'm a little that's more so dialed different. in. 
yeah, typically I'm a little more laid back and a little more flexible with my food choices. And I, so if my mother-in-law is cooking something, if she's making a pizza or whatever, um, because she's vegan as well, which is kind of cool. When we, we live together, oh, nice. Danny, my mother-in-law and I, oh, it's great. nice. Or if my niece and nephew come over, it's like whatever they're enjoying. If we get some beyond chicken nuggets from the store, for example, we could serve those up with whatever, some broccoli or and potatoes, whatever they're into. So there's just, there's so many options right now. It's like, I have a little bit of tunnel vision, so I have to actually think a little bit before I speak. I mentioned all these delicious recipes. I didn't realize you were on your strict schedule. Well, talk to us about that strict schedule. That must be tough. And how long do you have to do it for? Well, it's, it's not a matter of having to do it. And or it's, no. mm-hmm. yeah, not necessarily tough. It's, it's more of a choice. I, I think it, Well, one, I think it's easier to do things consistently when you're going to extremes. So with a competition looming and I'm getting to a place where I need to be unreasonably lean, um, it just helps to have to keep things consistent. And I also want to make sure that I'm getting in as much nutrients as possible because I'm at a deep calorie deficit. So every calorie counts. Like I want, I want a lot of micronutrients, um, in my diet, um, and I also want my digestion to be good. So right now I'm a little more focused on eating as healthily as possible, but usually it's, it's usually I'm a, a lot more flexible because social events come up, you want to enjoy with others. And as long as you're eating whole foods on the whole, it's not like you need to be um, like a militant clean eater to be healthy. If I would actually argue the opposite, I would, unless that's just a personal preference. Um, but to, you know, you'd be surprised how many people, it's like it's almost like confession time when I speak to the person who is out there, one voice. This is what you do. You eat clean, you eat healthy all the time. And they're like, yeah, I'm not going to talk about potato chips and pizza. Uh, and I was like, but you're telling me about it right now. Like, why, where's, why the shame? Why the guilt? Why the fear in telling others? Like, it, it almost turns into food shame or, or, you know, what you see out there and what you hear, what you believe. That's what people do all the time. And that's just not how most people operate. Not to say there's anything wrong with hundred percent whole foods, plant-based diet. But I think we need to be a little more transparent and not, um, you know, and not food shame, for example. Oh, I completely agree. Now you said something that really caught me when you said unreasonably lean. So this is something that is just for competitions. It's not something that you would do for a long period of time. There's no way for competing to not take a toll on your mental health and your physical health. It's impossible. It's impossible. You take your body to a place that it's just not meant to go, right? You have as much muscle on your frame as possible before you start dieting down and you're, and you're not eating much at the end of it. Like you're getting to a place where you're shedding so much body fat that like the body fat that you have left is pretty much the type of body fat that protects your vital organs. That when you think of it that way, just think of what that will do to your mental health to be able to, you're constantly in survival mode and your primal instincts are urging you to get back to a place where you are healthy again. Your hormones eventually become compromised. Um, you're, I mean, it's just very taxing on your system. So um, you know that going in, any competition you take to the extreme no matter what the sport is and bodybuilding is not the exception um you pretty much sign up for your health being compromised and then you get back to a place in your improvement season off season or just you know you balance out afterwards you recenter you get you 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 recover um but it can lead to all kinds of challenges and i spend a lot of time discouraging people from getting into 
bodybuilding, um, while also like encouraging them, you know, for the reasons why that they're interested in it. Like you love this, you're passionate about it. I don't want to sit here and just say, this is bad. Don't do it. However, I do want you to be aware, you know, speaking to people that come to me and say, I just want to do this, check it off my bucket list. Or I'm really interested in this. Like, are you aware of what you're getting into? And yes, there's plenty of support here. However, there are risks and consequences. You know, you wind up scrutinizing yourself body image wise. Um, you are inviting disorder eating into your world, which can lead to dis eating disorders or re-trigger things from the past. There's a lot of risks there, a lot of things to think about and work on. Uh, so, and, and I'm not immune to any of that, even though I've been doing this since I was 15 and competitively since I was 20 and I'm now 41 and I am a, a coach for others who bodybuild as well competitively. I'm not immune to it personally. So if I'm not, um, you know, I don't think anyone is really, they're just, it's just important to think about what you're getting into before you do it. What is it about it for you that makes it worth it? I love it. What is like, what is it that you love? I'm so curious. Uh, well, it's, uh, it tests every moral fiber of your being to be able to do something and take it that far. Um, I, I, again, I do, I do like, to, I, I guess on a selfish level, I like testing, seeing what my, gen, what, what my genetics can do as far as my physique, what can I make my physique truly look like by natural means? Um, and by making this a marathon, not a sprint, doing it long term. And I focus much of my life. I mean, I don't identify as a bodybuilder exclusively. However, it is a, a large part of my identity and something that I enjoy. I, I want to see what my body's physically capable of. Uh, I like the discipline um, without the discipline owning me, meaning it just it teaches me to be a stronger person even outside of bodybuilding. Wow, that's so interesting. Yeah, I had to ask because when you're talking about it, I'm like, oh my gosh, it sounds really brutal, you know, especially if you've had any disorders in the past or there must be a lot of orthorexia, you know, where if people know what that is, where you, you know, you're just, you're just so, I have to be clean all the time, you know, and it just becomes this insanity, right? And you have to be really careful. But it sounds like if, you know, even though you said you're not immune, because you've been doing it for so long, I would think that you've built up like the, the mental stability or, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, I think you would have a good handle on it, right? And that's why people need to not just do it willy-nilly. Like you said, like, I just want to check it off my bucket list. Like, it's a lot. And don't just get into it lightly, it sounds like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. And you get better with it each time you, you do it. There is work that's involved, though, if you want to get better at it. Di dieting, you can get better at dieting down, and you can get better at training hard while you're dieting down. But that's not growth. You're not maturing as an athlete. You're just getting better at those two skills. I feel like your mindset and your approach, both in competition, prep, season, and then post, all of that stuff matters. And if you're not working on yourself as an athlete, I, I feel like there are real risks to your health. And also, well, forget that. I mean, it also makes it so that you're less likely to get good results. And if you do, what are the consequences to the relationships in your life? What are the consequences to, to how you feel about yourself? and your your food behaviors your behavior around food um, what are the consequences to your job your environment like and i've gone down that path and i've learned a lot from it and at this at this point not on my I, I reflect on that and i also try to keep growing as a person so that i can do this in as helpful as a way of as possible and i know that i'll each time i compete i learn more about myself oh that's great how often do you compete well the Right now, I would say every three to five years, and that's 
Mm -hmm. You can start off doing it every year, but eventually you have to take many years of breaks in between to build up your body to and to recover and keep centered and balanced. Um, because if your life's not centered and balanced, it'll take you out of the game and you'll find something to blame. But the reality of it is that you just, you, know, you gotta be really mindful about how to, um, how to map things out, uh, outside of your competition so that you can do it again long-term. Now, have you been competing as a vegan this whole time or was there ever a time that you were, I know you mentioned doing the whey protein. I'm just trying to figure out the years or has this been like, you've been a vegan bodybuilder period. I did my first show in 2002 and I was not vegan. My next show was in 2008. It was a real dark time between 02 to 08 where I had to learn a lot about myself and get my life together. And then I got back to competing in, I think it was 2008. Oh, okay. And yeah. And I, um, it was a little back and forth career wise, but now I, I, I've been back at it. I would say um, since 2012 going forward, it has, haven't stopped. And I'm probably going to do this for like the next I would say 20 years or more. Oh my gosh, that's incredible. Now, who comes to see you? Is it primarily people that want to be in bodybuilding or do you coach regular folks who just want to get healthy, become a vegan? Tell us about that. Everybody. There are people that see what we look like on our side or... Amazing. And I, I, I love that, but I also like when people are uh, attracted to the kind of work that we do. Of because course. That's, that's where I feel like we could help out the most. And sometimes they're like, well, I'm not really interested in plant-based diet, but I want to look like you. So I'm willing to go plant-based to work with you. And, and they've never lifted weight before all the way on the other side of the spectrum to competitors who turn pro and want to win a pro show, um, or athletes or, uh, or lifestyle clients, uh, from different sports or just different types of people, anyone, if, if you're willing to, if you want to change your life and you're willing to, uh, to have a plant-based diet while you work with us, then we're uh, we're looking we, we're interested in working with you. Oh, that's awesome! Now, do you work with people in different areas, especially now with COVID and everything? Have you can people call from other states and say, "Hey, or other countries, I want to work with you"? All over the world. We use our app for video messaging, and then we do some live calls with our team with Zooms. Everything's online. To oh, great! That. Yeah. Wow. Tell us about your app. Uh, it's pretty cool. We have a messenger there with our coaching. We ask people to come on once a week and send a video message as well as some stats, like how you're feeling, where you think you're at, like what is your check-in look like? And then they message us. So uh, I feel like it's the best way for them to get a chance to read us and for us to get a chance to read them. So we get as much context as possible. And uh, there are cons to online coaching. The con, I think the biggest con, uh, like you and I, we're behind screens right now. We could see each other. It's good. There's a connection. But this would be a different kind of connection than if you and I were having coffee together somewhere face-to-face. -face. There is something missing there. Um, that's how I feel. Uh, the other thing, though, is that when you're working with somebody in the gym, you can stop them mid-movement mid and ask them if you could physically adjust them or like make them aware of where their body is. And you can also cue them up better. Uh, and you could see what's going better in a three-dimensional way. So we do do form checks and video analysis, and you can cue people, and you can get a lot going with that, with online coaching. Um, and the same thing, like it can be like this, whether it's back and forth or live. But I do feel like it's there is a little bit different. The trade-off is that you get to find the person that you want to work with and uh, and the specialty, like whatever it is that you want to focus on 
when it comes to coaching. So I, I think those are the big advantages. Plus, I feel like with online coaching, you just wind up being in communication more often. Yeah, I think that's awesome. Tell us about, is it the plant power box that you send out and people can order? Vegan Strong. Vegan Strong is the evolution of all the work that, that Danny and I have done together with Robert and moreover the vegan bodybuilding community in general. Uh, we reach out to the mainstream fitness community now and we do that. We start off a plant built, right? It was a fundraising thing, a way for vegans to compete together in different sports. And we'll be doing that again this year, but we're doing it now alongside Vegan Strong. Vegan Strong goes out to, and they're the ones that do the boxes, by the way. Oh, cool. To make the connection conversation here. So um, we go out to mainstream fitness expos um, and we reach the mainstream fitness world online. And these boxes are available to everybody and they're plant-based snacks, treats. Um, there's like, we give out fun stuff like mugs, we, we uh, like winter mugs and um, cutting boards, and aprons, and we have different companies that contribute uh, all kinds of different, uh, again, fun snacks and protein powder, like whatever. And it's like just a cool box that we, we, we offer up through the Vegan Strong website. And you can also get free recipes and training programs on that website as well and find out more about where we'll be going on tour, hopefully this year, uh, alongside Plant Built. Uh, to different expos and then there's everything should be leading up to a big competition in october in atlantic city where we'll take the plant built team and compete in various sports at a festival together um, amongst other against or amongst other uh, athletes you know it's so funny i just realized i actually got this box from robert cheek and he's the one that connected us he's incredible and I didn't realize it because he had sent me some of his books and then there was all this cool stuff. There was an apron and there was treats and there was proud, proud, you know, protein powder. And I'm like, oh my God, that's what he sent me. This is so cool. So my daughter every day when she, you know, cause she, well, now she'll be embarrassed, but we're, we both tend to spill food. Okay. Let's just be honest. And, uh, you know, she'll reach for the vegan strong apron first. I was like, ah, that's the better apron. So I need to get another one. Those are great. They're really long. They really cover you. Um, they're great for cooking or if you're a spiller, like we are want to keep our clothes clean, but yeah, the stuff in that box is awesome. I'm so glad that I put that together. I'm like, why does this all sound so familiar? (laughs) He's a great guy. Well, was there anything that you wanted to add today? Giacomo, before we end, and I'm just, I think the work you do is amazing and helping people. And, you know, I, I, I learned a lot today about what it takes to the bodybuild and I'm going to pass. Again, I just want to thank you for having me on your show. I hope that you, the listeners are finding some value uh, in this conversation. If you can reach out to me in the future and shoot me an email, vegan protein, vegan proteins at gmail.com or hit the contact button at veganproteins.com. I can promise you that if you send me a message, you'll get an answer. And uh, I'd also want to leave you off at, um, it's, it's, there's never a wrong time to get back to being active. If you haven't been active for a while, go on a walk. Um, don't be afraid to reach out for support. Um, any way that we could support, let us know. And um, yeah, thanks again for having me on the show. And Look forward to being in touch. Hi, it's Lisa Davis. Please don't skip this. Very important announcement. I will keep it brief. Talk Healthy Today is ending in the next two months or so. So you can come back, check the shows. But the good news is you can get all the same great content and even more at Health 
Power. Now, Health Power was formerly Naturally Savvy. Now it is called Health Power. And there are over a thousand episodes. So please go now or go when it's convenient. But don't forget, go where you get your podcasts. Go find Health Power and hit subscribe. I really hope you'll come with me. I love this audience. I've heard from so many of you. I love what I've been doing here. And I'm going to just continue all this great work over at Health Power. Also, if you want more information, go to lisadavismph.com. Okay. Thanks so much. Can't wait to see you over at Health Power.